Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Yep, yep, get old boys, it's back and reloaded. All in your mind, yeah, now deep throated. This is for the streets, the real, the railroaded, the disenfranchised, the truth, the scapegoated. And they know it, we speak the truth, so they quote it, cause we wrote it. The North, South, the East Coast, it's the GB knocking, we keeping your head bobbing. It ain't no stopping, and once the beat drops in, violins, the system is so corrupt, they throw the rock out their hands and then blame it on us. It's GB, don't get it twisted, on code and we ain't dancing for no buttermilk biscuits. It's Willie D, y'all. Ghetto Boys in the house. Back with another episode of information and instructions to help you navigate through this wild, crazy, beautiful world. In the studio, CEO of Mobo Records, Joe Payne, a.k.a. Mobo Joe on the real. On the real, baby. What's up? What's up? What's Mobo up, Joe Mobo? in the building. Legend. What's up? Yeah, I, see, I was, I was going to say your name, but I ain't, this is the first time somebody ever actually finished their name for me. You know? <laughs> yes, but sir. Since you took it over, I was like, go ahead. Go ahead. Yes, do, sir. Do your thing. Now. You any questions? 
Nah, I ain't got no question, man. I'm just glad to be in the building, man. I'm yeah. almost famous. Ghetto boy, reloaded. You good. You good with me, man. You good. Mm-hmm. You, got a, you got a nice uh, catalog, man, a, a nice record. Um Damn, you got a couple of records, man. You got a record in a couple couple different ways, yeah. Yes, sir. But, but it all started with the music, mm-hmm. right? Mobile records. What year did you start? 19 I dropped it on my first one, the end of 91. I dropped my first um, project. So that's 91. Mm-hmm. And what was what's, what group was that? That was the Lower Level Organization. So, and then you came back with Ruthless Juveniles, Juveniles, and then you came came with Doghouse Dog Posse, Posse, yeah, and that, mm. and all all of that. Now, you also had a couple of bounce artists mm-hmm. that you put out, but you primarily Mobile Records is known for that gangster shit. Yeah, you know, I'm the one that introduced the gangster shit to yeah, New Orleans. Yeah, so. yeah. Mm-hmm. And how does it feel to know that? You actually started that, but your name ain't never mentioned. I ain't, I ain't talking about sometimes, man. I ain't never heard nobody mention your name when they start talking about it, except the people that know, know. They talk yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about as far as like in, in the mainstream discussion. I, I hear Cash Money all the time. I hear Big Boy. I hear, you know, uh, uh, No Limit. But I never hear people talking about Mobo. What's up with that? Man, that's just New Orleans, man. I understand it because I'm from New Orleans. I know how New Orleans people are, you know what I'm saying? But my fans in the street, the people in the streets, they keep me, you know, going and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't feel no type of way when I hear it, you know what I'm saying, because I know, like, we don't really pull each other up on that level, you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, I did what I did. It's my story. It's my history, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I did it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did it, bro. You mm-hmm. did it. Um, Desire. You came up in Desire. Yeah, project. well, I'm from, from the, Harvey, you, Louisiana. You're from Harvey. But yeah. But you, you moved and at to some Desire point, y'all project. lived in Desire Project. Yeah, well, I did. Okay. I did. Right after my father died, I had made my first son, and I started dating his mother out of the Desire Project. Okay. So then, around that time... I started selling, you know, little dollar weeds. So yeah. me and my mom had a discussion. Yeah, yeah, allegedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So me and my mom had a little discussion, and then that's when I wind up moving to the Desire Project. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then at some point, you hatched the idea to start Mobile Records. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, what inspired that? Um, what inspired that? Easy E, Ghetto Boys. Lou Skywalker, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Coming up under that umbrella. And then when I got the money, I was like, I wanted to make an investment. You know what I'm saying? Right. And at that time, I already was already coming to Houston a lot. I was coming out here a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, I was like, I wanted to start a label. My homeboy, he, he dead right now. So I asked him. Well, I told KT? him. Huh? KT? No, not KT. This is okay. my, my childhood friend. His okay. name was T. Okay. And um, I was like, man, I want to start a record label. So then he was telling me Ace Nitty, which was Notorious A, the one who rapped with Lower Level, which was my homeboy too. He, grew up, he told me he rapped. Okay. So I was like, is he any good? He was like, yeah, he good. But, you know, he rap, you know, like real hard street stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I called him. I went back down and I listened to him. And um, I was like, man, what we got to do? And he told me he had talked to Ice Mike. Ice Mike make the beats and stuff. But he didn't have the money to do the beats. So I had the money. So then I just got connected with him. And then from there, it was on. 
I thought you were going to say, so I just did the beats because you, you no. did some production, didn't you? Didn't no, you I, I had bought production equipment. And I yeah. got debt to start doing my production. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But you yeah. was rapping. Yeah, uh, I rapped. I rap, yeah, 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 yeah. I rapped on some of it. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. Now, at some point, at some point, you move your operation to West Bank. Yeah, to the West Bank. You, you mm-hmm. moved to West Bank. And, you know, things are looking good. Everything is cool, whatever. It's taking off. And then you run into a roadblock. Mm-hmm. What happened? Well, when I moved to the West Bank, I was still on the West Bank. I moved to the West Bank. I had bought me a house like in 90, I think like 90, 91. I bought my first house. Mm-hmm. But then I had got a record store. And that's where my, my real production, I was selling CDs and I was selling everybody's CDs and stuff like that. Well, then 98, I caught a federal case. Mm-hmm. And that's when they left the streets from 98. Yeah. So I went to um, federal prison. Yeah, and 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 things kind of like at, from that point, you know, the, the label goes into obscurity. Mm-hmm. Um, there was nobody there to pick up the baton and run with it. I guess you you hadn't obviously you didn't foresee mm-hmm. like getting jammed up or whatever. Yeah. And I did. So so, but at this point, where you are now in life, I know you got some things going on right now. You you know you pretty much rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you like putting certain mechanisms in place to make sure that if ever anything happens to you, no no matter what it is, mm-hmm. that somebody, even if you just don't feel like working for a week, a month, or a year, yeah, is there somebody that can keep the movement going now? If you if if something happens to you, the thing about it is just so hard to find them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like. I lost my first son, my oldest son, in 05. Yeah. yeah, and in then I my second yeah. son, I was trying to get him to come in and, you know, be that person. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But, you know, it's just hard for these kids because they got this bridge between us and our, a lot of our kids trying to get them to understand and work with their parents. Like, I got one son, left my youngest son. He do music. He, like, manage one of his guys. He basically do everything I do. But he just don't do it with me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm still in search to find somebody. I got this other little guy. His name Carl. He worked with me. So right now he kind of that guy, but just keeping him focused, Will, on, you know, the hard work that we did and understanding. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because the worst thing about life, the you know, have this legacy. You know what I'm saying? And then you die and your legacy die. That means you was a failure. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So my worst Feel is to let that happen, but it's just find the right person to understand my vision of what I started and to carry it to the next level. Man, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that legacy thing and being a failure if your legacy dies. That's right. You know, like we That's have right. to plan. You have to. We, we, we can see like right now, the way I, I look at you and from what I know know about you mm-hmm. is that you are in the best position to change your, your parents or your, your family's generational wealth. Mm-hmm. You're in the best position. Mm-hmm. You have the name recognition. You know, you have better connects than anybody else. You mm-hmm. got more resources. So you're in a, I feel like too much is given, much is required. Mm-hmm. And it would be a shame to have had the success that you have and that die with you. Yeah. The same thing for me. Like yeah, it, I, I would be, I would feel like a failure. Exactly. If yeah. within a, a generation or two, or even right. three. That's right. My family ends up 
back in Fifth Ward, not because they want to be there, mm-hmm. but because they can't afford to live anywhere else. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah that, that, that's admirable, man, yeah, that you're like, thinking on that level. Yeah, like I run my trucking business, but all my business skills came from my father. You know what I'm yeah. saying? When I was a kid, he bought me with him to do a lot of business transactions. He bought me in the bank and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So I really honor my father, you know, the 15, 16 years he was there. You know what I'm saying? And I try to get my kids to understand it, but sometimes they don't be the one. You know what I'm saying? You got to make that right choice that somebody who understands your vision. It might don't be your kids. It might don't be your cousin. It might be somebody who comes along. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That understand what you build and what you got. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, I, I, um, I work with Al Mont a lot. He, like, a young rapper. He's been doing a lot of stuff with me, too. So he spent a lot of time with me. So he know how I think and how I move and how I do stuff. You just never know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But somebody got to pick up the ball, man, because I got, I, I got, like, I think I got, like, 312 songs I done did over the years. You know what I'm saying? And I got some of the best original New Orleans music from the early 90s. You know what I'm saying? That's taking off right now because the other avenues with the podcasts and stuff that you can do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, speaking of podcasts, Lacamo Show, man, what's up with that? Well, the Lacamo Show, all right, when you see me now, yeah, I'm not Mobile Joe. I'm Lacamo. You know what I'm saying? It's like Mobile Joe was the one back then. You know what I'm saying? I was okay. doing the gangster music. I was doing all that. The concept of the Lacamo came when I got ready to buy me a new car. And I said, what's going to make this car special, right? And I thought about it. Like, when I was coming up, all the older men in the neighborhood where I lived at were basically, I like to call it a village because it was, you know, I had a father in every hood and everybody household back there. So they was only really going to afford luxury car was a Cadillac. You see what I'm saying? Right, right, so, right. I said, you know what? I'm going to go with a Cadillac. I could have got the Benz. I could have got the yeah. BMW. I could have got I looked at Bentleys and all that. Yeah. But it connected me with them old folks because one thing my spirit showed me, they all had their last ride in that Cadillac. Mm. So I said, you know what? I'm going to enjoy mine while I'm still here. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that's where the concept of lack of mode come from because I'm in Cadillac mode now. I'm yeah. not in the sound mode till I want to do songs that downgrade my sisters, talking about blowing my brothers up anymore. I'm not there no more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm lack of mode. I'm teaching the younger people, you know, how to get in the music business, how to get in the trucking business, and also eat right and live right and treat each other right. That's the lack of mode concept. That's where I'm at right now. So basically trying to go to heaven. Well, <laughs> I don't believe in it. You know, like that's yeah, a whole nother topic. Yeah, okay, right. But, you know, I mean, if we want to go there, I'm in heaven right now. Yeah. If you don't get to heaven yeah. on earth, you're never going to get there. Yeah. It's not a place you go. Heaven is the way it ought to be. You got to live it now. You can't yeah. go to it. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. But when I leave, thing. when I leave, I want to be like Tina Marie, say it on Deja Vu. I thank God I ain't got to come back no more. I got it right. Mm. See what I'm saying? I got it right. If you go back and listen to all these old songs, like if you listen to Tina Marie, you listen to um, Stand Up For Your Right by Bob Marley, rest in peace to these people. You listen to some of the words and stuff they're saying. 
then you'll understand all this stuff. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's where I'm at with it. So, like, I'm in heaven right now, brother. Yeah. 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 In life, it's it's about 10% of what happens to you and 90% is how you react. Mm-hmm. How did you react when your son died in 2005? It was it was hard. It was hard. But what it did, it was kind of, it helped me because I questioned everything that I know. That's why I understand about heaven and hell. Like, this world is rigged. Well, you know this. It's rigged. You know what I'm saying? We come up getting past this rig that the concept of life was passed on to us. Growing up, Losing my, my father, losing a lot of my partners, you know what I'm saying? Not losing my son. I'm like, no, nah, I got to figure out this, this, this can't be how God works. It just can't be like that. So when I started questioning myself, I started doing a lot of research. I research and I do a lot of meditation, you know what I'm saying? So as I start researching, I start understanding a lot of this stuff was just set up. We just basically what I realized we have been going through life repeating stuff that was passed on to us, that was taught to us, that we learned in school, we learned in the hood, but it wasn't a reality. When I start doing the research, the stuff ain't made sense. You know what I'm saying? Because when I lost my son, you know, you taught to retaliate, right? So now I'm going to kill another son look just like my son. You know what I'm saying? Like, rest in peace to Nipsey Hussle. I heard him say, like, one day they was on the prowl to blow up another game banger. And he said he realized he was hunting his own self. You know what I'm saying? So when that happened, the anger yeah, was there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he said that. So the anger was there, but it made me dig into myself, into my spirit to understand, okay, nah, this ain't right. This ain't right. Like, my mom passed about four years ago, and before she passed, I had the um, opportunity to go to her and tell her, Ma, y'all got bamboozled. A lot of this stuff that you told us, it ain't like that. You know what I'm saying? But like she told me, son, you got to live your own life. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it, was, it was real. It was real. It was real hard, man. It was real hard. Ghetto Boys Reloaded Podcast. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears's Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in in a different aspect of my life now. So... How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Your son died in 2005. Three months later, Katrina popped off. Yeah. It's... it's uh, All and, that. And, 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 and Katrina, Katrina was like, uh, is recorded as... The, at the time, it was the greatest uh, cyclone disaster on record. 1,392 people died during Katrina, most of them out of New Orleans. Did you have time to stop grieving 
your son's death. But how did that, like, so you have your son, it's a major catastrophe, you know. They say the greatest pain is the loss of a child. Mm-hmm. Your child is murdered. Firstborn, too. Your child is murdered, right. Your firstborn, murdered. And then you're grieving. You're obviously still grieving. And then a catastrophe, another catastrophe, a national disaster happens. And we're talking bodies are falling everywhere all around you. How are you processing that in association with still dealing with the death of your son? It was hard. It was real hard because Katrina, I stood in New Orleans the whole time. I never left. I never left from beginning to the end. I was there the whole time, which I was on the West Bank, but I was there because my mom, she was old, right? Mm -hmm. So she was like, boy, I stood for Bessie. I'm not going nowhere. So if my mom and I going, I ain't going. So by me staying there, it made it more harder because I'm seeing my people, man. I'm seeing like people, we it's straight survivor mode. You know what I'm saying? But like I say, the way I come up, you know what I'm saying? It ain't too many things I can't figure out how to get through. But like, it was so hard to, I couldn't grieve. I couldn't grieve because it was survival mm-hmm. mode because people studied down. You got family members missing, you know what I'm saying? And then my mom, it was the original house that we was raised in. So the only phone was working was my mom's phone because she had a landline phone. Mm-hmm. So everybody calling my mom because my mom, like a lot of knowledge and wisdom I got, I got it from my mom. My mom is real spiritual. She can tell you something going to happen and it's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? So they all calling. We don't have no power, so we can't really see the news or none of that. But people come in, y'all all right. You know, this going on, that going on. And then when I went to moving around, I seen it. It was so hard. So at this time, I can't even really grieve. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like, in my arrow, I'm this big giant. Joe can figure out everything. That's how people look at it. Like, call Ivory Joe. He can figure it out. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm trying to grieve my son, but I got all these other people. They don't know what to do, how to survive. So they called us. So I, I really had no time to do it. Mm-hmm. I really didn't. You yeah. know, I had to just learn on the job. I was thinking as you was telling this story, why didn't you just snatch your mom up, just kidnap and just say, you going, I'm getting you Look, up out of here. I don't hey, care bro, what you You got to know my mom. Man, you got to know her, man. Like, she, she's stubborn. <laughs> she like, she's stubborn. And I told her, I said, Mom, I'm going to call the National Guards to come get you. Oh, I hate you. I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going yeah. nowhere. But what's funny, right after that, what it was, not Ida, what's that other one name? Rita. Right. Oh, Rita. Okay. Came right out there. I said, Mom, we going. I said, we gone. We went up to Northern Louisiana, to Nagas, Louisiana. I got her to mm-hmm. go that time. But Katrina, she wouldn't go. And then it, while we stand there, you couldn't go. Like, you couldn't really go. You, yeah. just, you was there now. Perhaps she didn't realize how real it was. No. How, when, when she was in the midst of Katrina, she didn't know it was going to get no, that bad. No, nobody did. And now, we didn't. now she has a reference point. Yeah, exactly. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So the reader, yeah. she was like, yeah, you know, like, she got out of there. Because, like, we didn't thought Katrina was going to be that bad. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, like, right after the, the Katrina hit, it wasn't that bad. But when the levers broke and all that, that's mm-hmm. when it— Because it was like, when I come outside, because, like I said, I stand away, but I come outside, I'm looking, 
But more then when I start seeing all the people, like hundreds of people, like I live in a in a rural area, like in the woods. Man, they got people, hundreds of people walking the streets. You know what I'm saying? They're sweating. They got stuff they're just trying to, you know what I'm saying? And they're coming through and they're like, they see me because everybody know me. Like, man, more it's messed up, man. Yada, yada, yada. And like, what we gonna do? And I'm like, man, it was like, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it was bad, man. It was bad. But all that helps me got to the lack of more. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. I'm like, there's no way a race of people supposed to be treated like this. It's, 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 it's just no way. Do you think the levees broke or do you think they nah, broke them? They broke them. Yeah. Everybody heard the explosion. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, when we came out after the storm, it was normal. But then when that boom, that levee broke, mm -hmm. that's when it got flooded, man. Yeah. That's when it got flooded. So allegedly it did something. Yeah, I don't put you know what I'm saying. Then you know, like I say, I the the, the levee broke in the ninth wall. That was a desire, yeah. So I know a lot of people down there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And a lot of them people couldn't afford to really leave. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got people up until Katrina. I'm talking about older than me at this time. They never left out the ninth wall. That's how New Orleans is. Yeah. Like they like people downtown. You stay downtown. They don't have no reason to, to go yeah. nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think you own something. I don't, I don't put anything past them behind them. No, or man. Nothing, man. They just, they, no, there's some man. wicked, wicked people in this world. Man, man. I seen, I seen, yeah. man, I seen so much, I seen so much stuff, man. It was taking, the police was taking all the supplies. It was break, they was the one breaking into places. Are they still as corrupt as they were back then? I know they're still dirty. Yeah. I know they, I know they're going to be dirty. They're going to always be dirty. Yeah, they're still. But are yeah, they still, still as dirty? Yeah. God, yeah. those uncivilized must must be stopped. Yeah, they, they're, still, they're still. I can't stand y'all asses. Mm -hmm. I know you're listening. Mm -hmm. Can't stand you. Can't yeah. stand you. They got me jailed up right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, what happened to that black Delta 88 you used to drive? It was a, a Bonneville. That was a Bonneville? Yeah, it was a, it was, it was a, um, 84 Bonneville, the dope okay, ride. I it was, and I had the snakeskin yeah. interior and all that in it. And believe it or not, I sent it to the junk, y'all, to the strap, y'all. Because... Why'd you do that? Because my mom worked on my nerves one day. <laughs> because, like, every so often, the code enforcement would come through. You know what I'm saying? And I had my car down, and um, I had a, a deuce and a quarter on our property, which is family property. So they'll come through and they'll write up. So she called me one day, said, boy, you got just one of them calls. And I just got mad. So the, the old man crossed the street, he strapped call. So mm -hmm. I just went, hey, bro, I'm telling you, when it was shining like glass, when I signed to the jungle, I said, mm -hmm. man, just take it. You know what I'm saying? Because I ain't too long, I had come off from jail. I got three boys. You know what I'm saying? My oldest one, 16. I got 15, then I got my youngest son. He's like about, what, two, three years old. I got to focus on my kids and my mama. You know what I'm saying? I ain't had time to mess with the music. You know what I'm saying? Because I was a provider all their life. You know what I'm saying? So small things like that, it didn't matter. Well, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So I just told him to send to the um, junk out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. now, my, now, my partner, Kenny, he had the, the beige 88 with the wheel on the back. Then Lil J had the white Regal that we used on the album cover. And then the blue cover was for rock with the with the powder blue one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was all like my homeboy calls and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Man, where is Cheeky Black? 
Cheeky Black, she around. She out here in Houston. Really? She out here in Houston. She live out here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she in Houston. Yep. Mother yeah. twerk. Cheeky Black. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Now, is she the best-selling uh, artist on, on the label? Oh. No, my best, my biggest project was Rulers Juvenile. Yeah. Rulers Juvenile. Like, the Cheeky was, she did a solo, but I put her, Ricky B, and all of them on the mobile click. Yeah. I put them all on a mobile click. But the the biggest one was the um rootless, the rootless um juvenile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about Lil Goldie? He in Baton Rouge. She's still doing his thing. Yeah. Yeah, he in Baton Rouge. He cutting hair and um he got another little business, but um he be hollering at me too. Like I be talking to all of them here and now. Tim Smooth? Well, you know Tim rest in peace. Tim Tim Smooth died? Yeah, man, when? Tim. He died, man, he died some years. Tim been dead a few years. I forgot what year. Yeah, Tim died. Mm-hmm. Man, I had no idea. I'm going to blame that on Lucano, man. That's Lucano, because he's supposed to tell me. Because Kano be my connector to yeah, New Orleans. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, Tim. Kano let me know what's going on out in there, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tim, Tim Tim, died. Yep. And that I project, didn't know Tim died. Yeah, Tim died, man. I, I, know, I, I was about to say, I feel like Stacey Dad, but she's a damn coon, so I, I can never feel like, like that. her. But you can't damn, feel like that. Man, all right. But yeah, rest in peace, man. Tim was a good one, man. Yeah, and then, um, a matter of fact, like you were talking about that smoke. Yeah. When I talked to Tim, because they were saying it was this and it was that. So I had an opportunity to talk to him. Because, you know, I just smoke blunts bad. Like, real bad. You know what I'm saying? I don't do none of that now. And um, I asked him when he came by to see me. I said, man, from the horse's mouth, what happened? You know what I'm saying? Where did the cancer come from? Because I smoke weed. I said, it can't be the weed. He said, no, Mo. He said, the cigar. He said, the doctor actually told him it got so many chemicals in that cigar, he was almost better off just putting it to his head and blow his brain because that's how he was playing Russian roulette mm. with the cigar. That's from Tim Mo. He told me that. Yeah, that's what caught up with him. Yeah. These cigar bars are a big yeah. deal these days. This is Thing. Like it's, and I'm seeing not just dudes smoking cigars, but women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It, it's like, it's 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 cheek now, you know? Like, that's the thing to do. And I'm just yeah. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, uh, you yeah. know? That's just like um, Junior Mac is right here, man. Like, Junior, he ain't going to smoke cigars. He smoke white bars. He ain't going to smoke them. But me, I ain't smoking none of it. I don't figure it all out. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's all, you know what I'm saying? Like people try to tell me, oh man, you made a song, we like them blunts, and you don't smoke blunts no more. No, man, because as you get older, you got to get knowledge. When you know better, you do You got to get knowledge, you got to right. get wisdom, you got to get understanding. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like people say, oh man, it's a herb. Okay, it's a herb. When you strike tea, it's a herb, right? You burl it, put it in water, whatever, right? Okay, if you want to smoke weed, that's why like you go to places like Jamaica, they also order have the weed in brownies and cookies because that's how you're supposed to take it. Mm-hmm. The minute you put fire to that herb, it turns toxin. It's not designed to go in your body. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if you're going to take it, you got to take it in that form. You know what I'm saying? Which I ain't messing with none of it. You know what I'm saying? But people don't understand that I'm not, that was 30-something years ago, man. I came in 1967. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, man. I, you know? I, I can totally relate to what you're saying I because I remember one day I wished all the mothers a happy Mother's Day. 
And somebody went into my comments on Facebook and said, well, what about the bald head host? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And look, it was so crazy. It's so crazy how the universe works. Hey, man. Because I had just was telling my partner about he wanted me to, to get back to the music. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I can't do songs like Dog B get nothing no more. I can't do that stuff. So he was telling me about Bust Down, about the nasty beat. He said, yeah, man, I told the Bust Down a couple of days ago. He said he don't perform the song no more. You know what I'm saying? And then I mm-hmm. turned right around and I had seen you saying that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, we all growing up. You know, like Bust Down. Yeah. I said, man, I got grandkids. I got kids. I, I can't do this no more. You know what I'm saying? Well, here's what I feel about the performance of the songs. So I took Boyhead Hoes out of my playlist for, mm-hmm. for the performances, right? And it was out for f- several years. And one day we're playing somewhere in the Midwest. It's a Ghetto Boys show. We're backstage parked in a van, a 15-passenger van. Two girls come walking up. And one's like, where will it be? Where will it be? So I, I'm sitting right there. Uh, at the door, by the door. So I slide the, the, the door open to the van and I say, yeah, what's up? She say, I know you're going to take out, you're going to do ball head hose. She took <laughs> off a wig. Yeah. She said, I know you're going to do ball head hose. And I turned the down and I said, put it back in the playlist. Yeah. Because Look. I realized that mm-hmm. those songs ain't mine anymore. They exactly. belong to the fans. Exactly. Exactly. See, that, that's not my song anymore. Exactly. The fans. If fans want to hear the song, that's what I'm doing. I ain't going out there doing with just what I want to do. Exactly. It's about what my because fans Because they paid their money. It's about what my fans yeah. want. If you yeah. ain't a fan of the song, if you ain't a fan of Willie D, hey, man, you know, you really don't matter when it comes to my business. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? This is my business. This is yeah. business right here. Mm-hmm. Right? My business and my personal life is two different things. That's you right. See, you dig what I'm saying? Now, yeah. I'm, go, I'm not going to go around just calling women. Yeah, you're know, not going to put no more out now like that, yeah. but yeah, that's, that's, that's not, a different. Yeah, that's not where I'm at. I'm not making exactly. any music like that anymore. Exactly. But for that music, for those those fans bought that music. Man, you're not lying. They, they bought that music. They spent their money for that music. That, that music, I remember this tripped me out. I'm making songs and I'm thinking like I'm 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 being intentional about making songs that I feel that can really make an impact and change people's lives. Um I'm doing songs like The World is a Ghetto and mm-hmm. and, and you know uh Ghetto Fantasy and you know all these type of songs like I tried and stuff like that. And this chick wrote me a letter one day and she said that Ball head hoes saved her life. Home, bro. Wow. And she said, she said she was pregnant and her boyfriend left her and she was suicidal. She said, listening to ball head hoes every day, it was so funny that it got her through the day and it made her want to live because she oh. would just look forward to listening to that song That's and all. laughing every hey, day. Man. And it just blew my mind. Know. I was like, damn, man, these songs I'm ain't mine. Like, I, I can't try to predict what's going to pop and what's going to resonate with people, whatever. All you I just can do don't is know. just make the song exactly. and then let exactly. it land and let it do what it do. Exactly. Yeah, I done had some of them Sam stories, you know what I'm saying? And I'm and I, like, Buzz Down was the same way. He stopped performing his song, and we did the thing. They had the Walls thing January the 7th. And that's the first time he probably performed that song in a very long time. And when I say the women turned up, I was about to say the trip part about it. I, I bet you, I was about to say, I bet you the women sung it, it louder when than the dudes turn, did. Look, he left off the stage. 
He did his his show. They wanted the song. He came back and it went it went off. You know what I'm saying? And I like I say, I don't see no problem still performing them, but at our age, redoing another song like that. I ain't gonna do that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm not doing it either. Yeah, I ain't that's, doing that that's, one. That's, that's a rap. They ain't know, doing that one. I, I can't do that. It's a rap for me, but it, boy, if I wanted to though. Yeah. Boy, boy I got I talk about you. <laughs> yeah, we ain't doing that one. We, we ain't doing that one. Well, I still got it now. Don't, <laughs> don't get it twisted. Oh, I know you got it. Don't get it twisted. I know you got boy, it. I could go there, but yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I, I think that there's other guys out there that's on the come up. They're gonna do that anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, like let them have it. You know what I'm saying? I'm an elder statesman. You know, I I got some other information that that's can be valuable. If I, exactly. if I was to put out something, you know, I I see things a lot differently now. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. And and quite frankly, man, I, I really don't want to be a part of anything that's going to further divide black men and women. Me, I'm, I'm on the sound page. I don't want to be part of nothing. I don't want to be, yeah, exactly. I'm on the sound I don't page. I don't want to sign no artists that, that exactly. hate women. I don't no. want to sign no artists that hate men. No. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, like we need to come together because, bro, yeah, we, we 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 have survived a lot of wars. One war we cannot survive is a gender war. That's right. That, we can't. That, that's impossible. It's, exactly, yeah. and that's why I be trying to tell people, like you know, people be thinking because like a lot of people know me from the legend of New Orleans gangster rap. Mm-hmm. But like I try to tell people, that was where I was at then. I started that, but it's not to discredit no other label from New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? We mm-hmm. had. A whole bunch of labels. But at the time, I'm the one bought that to the table. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Ghetto Boys bought a lot of music to Houston. Y'all was the first one kind of doing it. They might have a couple other ones, but that's what you known for. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I did because at a particular time, I was a fan of Ghetto Boys. I was a fan of Easy. I was a fan of Lou Skywalker. You know what I'm saying? That's who I related to. You know, more, and then, like I said, I was moving around before the music, so when I got in it, that's what I wanted to, you know, rap about. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to, to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? And at this time, they was doing a lot of bounce music in New Orleans. I didn't really want to do that. I didn't want to do no bounce music. I didn't at that time. But after I finished the gangster rap, then I had people like Cheeky that had talent. People like Ricky. I'm like, you know what? Let me use my platform. The boom, and look look what that did. The whole world still twerking, 25, 26. That's all, they, that's all the ladies want to do. Yeah. That's it. And I was the first one with Cheeky to put it on wax. Yeah, I'm ready for that damn twerking shit to go. <laughs> yeah, I ain't lying. It's it, time. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's ran its course. And, it, and it, it's burning up right now. Yeah, it's, it's ran its course, yeah, you know. Like, about. it's ran its course like pants hanging off the ass, you know. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of cheeks, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I never did that one now. I can't get with that program. I don't know what I saw a dude. Now. I saw a dude uh, a couple of days ago. Of course, a youngster. Not necessarily a coach youngster because there's some dudes our age be walking around like that. Mm-hmm. But this dude had his pants all the way down, like, like at the, uh, at the bridge of his... Uh, uh, the, the bridge of his uh, what they call it, his underwear, you know, mm-hmm. his drawers. Mm-hmm. So his whole ass was out, you know, and it's and I swear to God, like I don't know how a dude can walk around like that and not 
think that he's not inviting his ass to somebody who want it. Yeah. Like, I, you know, like, I, I don't understand that piece. Understand. It just, but, you know, beyond that, what's crazy to me is the dude had a belt on. That's what I was about to say. That's what I was about to say. They had a belt way down. That's what I was about to say. Like, they had a pair with a belt on. With a belt on. Man, like, I watched a dude, man, one day, he had his pants way down there, and he was walking like on Madden Boulevard. That's probably about three, four miles. Yeah. And I watched him, he walking, and he holding his pants up the whole while he walking. I goes down, I come back, I see, I'm like, and, he's, and they have a belt on. Like, I ain't never do that one now. Yeah, and here's, I ain't never here's, here's another thing. I, I, I'm I not looking forward to getting shot like a dog in the street, but, you know, if if something like that was to happen to me, I don't want to add insult to injury by having my pants hanging off my ass. I want to be laying on the ground with my asshole out. And these dudes, ass crack, ass out, just laying on the ground. <laughs> like, on the ground. Man, hey, and they're like, we was coming dignity, up. bro. But we was coming up. The mad thing the more folks told you, boy, you better have clean underclothes on. Because you're going to get the tail whooped. If you yeah. had to go to the hospital, you better have clean underclothes on. That, they'll tell you that all the time. These guys be walking around like, I'm like, bro, I can't get with that one. I can't get but with But you know, that. it comes down to parenting. Because I told my son early on. My son tried it. We don't do that shit. Yeah, my son tried it. Don't do it. We don't do it. If I see it, look like, I, if I see, uh, I don't even want to see your drawers line. I don't want to see the line of band. Mm. I don't want to see none of that. Boy, I ain't supposed to know what color drawers you got on. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You dig? Yeah, then they have colorful drawers That's what dad is coming in at. Yeah. That's yeah, what my dad son, is yeah. coming in at. Yeah, I told my, my son yeah. one day, try to, I said, boy, I said, don't you ever try me like that no more. I said, you, you do what I do. You know what I'm saying? Don't do that. Well, I know I'm somebody done. who did try you. Who that? Glorilla people. Oh, yes, sir. That producer tried you. They tried me. Yeah. They tried me. Man, and we're we, going we, to court. Where are you with that? We, we say, um, let's file to go to court. Now we're going to be going to federal court with it now. I had to file a lawsuit. Yeah. I reached out to them. They didn't respond. So hey, he's going to What's court. What's the producer's name? Um, Macaroni Tony. Macaroni Tony. Macaroni Tony. Macaroni Tony, man. Mm-hmm. Shit, never We're going to have some mac name. and cheese because <laughs> Macaroni Tony is the one who made the beat. Macaroni uh-huh. Tony. Yeah, he on the lawsuit too. Uh-huh. It's going to come down to the label that's going to have to pay though. Yeah, it's the label and the publishers. Yeah, yeah. you know how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like everybody be thinking I'm attacking the artists and stuff. Man, like I like what them kids doing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Let them do their thing. But at the end of the day, it's business. She used it on that song tomorrow, right? Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, she, she, yeah, she ain't. She, she don't know. She ain't. No, I they don't know. know. I no. wouldn't know. I hear a beat, man. It's live. If I if I'm not familiar with the beat, mm-hmm. you know, most beats that came my way, I I didn't know where the sample came from or yeah, whatever. Exactly. I just it's jamming. Let's do it. I rap on the beat. I leave it up to the publishers and the, and the record label to do the clearance part of and it. And that's the thing. You know, I just get in and do what I got to do, you know. And that's all they had to do was go in there and do a license. They add, add me to the song yeah. and, and do what they got. They didn't do that. You know what I'm saying? So it's really, they're the ones who let the artists down. To he, probably, like, he probably looked up and saw that you was inactive. Yeah, that's what they probably you know, thought I was going to let it slide. Like, Cause the song like what, away with this almost thirty years ago. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So they're like, oh, they, they he probably ain't around no more. Yeah. He probably boom. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But now nah, I'm, I'm on it. My fans, my fans, soon when they heard it, 
OG, they took your, they took your, their, your stuff. So what happened when you made the initial contact and said, "Hey, you know, lawyer made the contact and said, yo, 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 I'm sure your lawyer sent the letter and yeah. said and put them on notice." And how did they respond? His words to me, he talked to the producer lawyer and he talked to her lawyer. You know what I'm saying? And at first, he said they try to come with a low ball, but then what's that low ball? Um, he was saying something like ten percent and a few nickels or something. Something he said, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But then after that, he he went counter back, and then they ain't never respond no more. So I guess they figure, oh, they probably just go away. You know what I'm saying? So then the next step, you gotta file uh, the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And when he filed a lawsuit, that's when TMZ made it public because you know lawsuit is public files. Mm-hmm. And once he did, once he did that, then they jumped on it. You know what I'm saying? So right. the next step is not a subpoena everybody and then, you know, drag it on out the court. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Have mm-hmm. you ever used somebody's stuff and got Come sued? Come on, man. Hmm? You I got sued? A lot. No, I never got sued. sued. No, I yeah. never got sued. No, I never got sued. Yeah, because we were gangster with it back then, man. Yeah. We, we used Steve Miller like that for uh, on that Gangsta Love song. Y'all call me. Man, mm-hmm. we tried to get it cleared. He didn't want to clear it. Mm-hmm. So we were like, well, fuck you then, nigga. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we want this song, man. We got to use this song, mm-hmm. man. This song yeah, is Jerry. Uh-huh. <laughs> I remember it like it was today. Like, I remember Jerry was like, did, did he, he come at like, you? Yeah, he came to get the money. No. He uh-huh. came to get the money. But, hey, look, it was it was a, it was a good, good good exchange for us. And, and that's how I was back in the day. I like, man, we use it. If it make money, I'm going to just pay him. Yeah, we paid him. Like yeah. he got he got paid. But yeah. the thing I we didn't mind because Gangsta Love is one of our best songs. Yeah, and it's exactly. one of the most requested songs, and so we made that money a thousand times over. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that was a fair exchange. But it's a lot easier now, Will. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can just go there and grab licenses. You know, it wasn't back like when we was doing it. You know, right. that you had to f- go through all these spaghetti traps to get to the person like right now you can just put it in like you know my song was published to where they could just went right there and got it and licensed and signed me out they might have reached out to me to get a clearance it's like that now you see what I'm saying but they tried man but they lost (laughs) they lost they gonna lose this one yeah Mm -hmm. so now now you want it all I'm sure yes sir we gotta open the book we gotta see what they working with that's a big song it's a good song too, and it's a good beat. It's a good yeah, beat. I, I ain't, you know, like somebody used my stuff. I want it all, bro. Yeah. Like, like if you use it, like if you if, if you reach out, it's different. Exactly. We can work something out, but if you exactly. just use it, I'm exactly. gonna pull a Steve Miller. Yeah, I want to go you know back what? in time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pay me. Yeah. I want it all for real, for real. But I mean, it's a good look for me because now I'm back circulating. You know what I'm saying? With lack of mo- mobile Joe. Yeah. I'm in the building. Said it was one yeah. of my favorites, Willie D. Yeah, yeah. It's big Appreciate right here. Yeah. Well, I ain't gonna yeah. lie, it's big right here. Appreciate yeah. it. Yes, sir. Yeah, and it's it's good to see you finally, you know, getting your recognition in this landscape called music. Yes, you know, because people are like, who, 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 who oh, 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 he did that, that, that person, because they know your artist. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, they know. Yeah, of, they know now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. They, yeah, they, they, they. You know, like back in the 90s, man, it wasn't too many doors, you know, for us in the South. You know, that even yeah. with y'all, you know what I'm saying? It, it was hard to get through. They wasn't trying to recognize yeah. 
us at that time, but you know, we was dumping some good good music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A and, lot and, of people. Yeah, and when I say they, I mean they outside of New Orleans. You know, yeah. I'm talking about people outside of New Orleans. They mm -hmm. knew the artist, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh but but you you're doing a good job getting yourself out there and getting on the circuit and you got to tell your story because who better to tell it than you exactly you got to tell it out and hey the universe spared me life to tell it I'm going to tell it it's my yeah. story it's my history Ghetto Boys Reloaded Podcast we'll be right back after the break Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers, or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. 
The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Man, how did that history begin at home? Like, what was it like? A little little Joe. What was little Joe like? Man, my childhood was so, so fun because I had six brothers. I had seven sisters. Damn. Yeah. All in the same house? Yeah. Well, my, well, we, Good uh, Lord. Yeah. My mom, we Let had a Sam mom and a Sam Damn. daddy. Yeah. Right. And I was the youngest of all of them. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, my daddy, he had, you know, businesses. So we had money. We had a big house. So on the weekend, Saturdays, everybody came to our house. You know what I'm saying? And that's when the 45 record was out and all that. So I was like the DJ. You know what I'm saying? So I'll play the records and then I'll dance and all that. You know, act crazy. That's what I used to do. You know what I'm saying? So my childhood, it was it was beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Because back then, if even if somebody got married, our house was big enough. You you didn't go to, you didn't have no halls to go to. They got married at our house. Everything was right there at the house. Mm-hmm. You grew up in the household with thir- with twelve siblings. Mm-hmm. Well, you said no, 13, thirteen. Thirteen siblings, yeah. mm-hmm. and mom and dad, mm-hmm. and the entire time. Yeah, my mom and dad stayed together the whole together. time. Yeah, one of my brothers died before I was born. Though one yeah. of them had died. You know what I'm saying? So I never really got to know him. So, all, so did y'all? Did you always? Did you feel? Rich, did you feel that y- y'all had everything that y'all needed? Did you feel loved growing up? Yeah, I felt it. You felt yep, I had the best, the best parents in the world. My parents was the best thing ever came in my life. My mother and my father. When my father died. My mama was my best friend till she passed. Like it, it was nothing I couldn't talk to my mom about. So when you made your decision to get into the street life, how did that affect your relationship with your parents? Well, my dad was gone then, cause my dad was. I would never, I would never probably went that way. And how old were you when you got into the streets? Oh, uh, when I really got into the cocaine, I was like in my early twenties. But like, right after my dad died, in my frame of mind, to see how he treated my mom, I'm like, man, my mom gonna still live that sound way. So see you what I'm jumped saying? out there. Uh, you jumped Selling. out the porch because you felt the obligation exactly. to help my mind. Exactly. I felt step up and, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I felt like it was on me to keep the family together. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So then I stepped out that. But at the time before I really got into selling drugs, I used to do 
business burglaries and stuff like that. Like I used to hijack trucks and breaking businesses and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Allegedly. Allegedly. I did that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Allegedly, that's what I did. You know what I'm saying? Right. But after that era was over, then I started, you know, working in the streets, doing stuff. And I accumulate money fast because of my business skills that I knew. You know, I know how to take care of business. I know how to manage money and stuff like that. So that's helped me a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you still, like, signing artists now? Are you back to signing artists? Not really. I'm not really trying to sign artists. I'm kind of past that. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to just get my catalog recognized. You know what I'm saying? Right now, for me, it ain't really about lack of more. It's about my artists getting what they deserve. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure if something do happen to me, I'm putting their music where it can be, you know what I'm saying, to where they can get what they're supposed to get. You know what I'm saying? And the recognition. You know what I'm saying? Just like, you know, Cheeky is the mother of Twerk. We was the first one to put it on wax. I want to, you know, on a national platform, I want her to be known for that. I Shots want us to be known. Shouts out to Sheik. Yeah, yeah, I want us to be known mobile Joe Records for what we did mm-hmm. as a a group just like Cash Money No Limit. I just mm-hmm. want everybody to be known for that. But for us signing groups and all that, no. I got a couple of projects already finished, and I just dropped the Ruler Juvenile 30th anniversary, you know what I'm saying, to celebrate their legacy. I basically did that for the fans, mm-hmm. for my fan base. You know what I'm saying? That's why I really came back, you know what I'm saying? Because my personal life is pretty much intact. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where where are you with um your son, you, you know, the, the son that you said that don't want to inherit the business and my he, youngest, he's doing his own My thing. youngest son, he the he the best son in the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like he don't give me no problem. He graduated, he worked, you know. But it's like I just got him to start working on a trucking business. You know what I'm saying? Just doing a little bit. You know what I'm saying? But for some reason, I'm going to say it like this. Like one of my little nieces, right? She was starting her little business and I offer some help. And this was her words. And this is where I think a lot of them at. I don't want no handout. And I think that's where he be at with it. You know what I'm saying? They think it's a handout. They want to do it on their own. That's well, how they think. Now help youngsters, me out. Help listen me up, out. youngsters. Listen up. Listen up, you youngsters. Y'all pay attention. I'm gonna give some of y'all out there got some youngsters in the other room. I'm gonna give you a moment to bring them in. Okay, time's up. Listen. It's not a handout, it's a hand up. When you give them information and instructions along the way, that's a hand up, not a handout. The idea for each generation is for the the following generation to do better than they did, to have it a little easier. That don't mean have it lazier. That means easier, meaning that I don't have to go through all of the, what, what do you say, spaghetti traps and stuff. Yeah, or and make the mistakes we made. That, that, and make the same mistakes that my daddy made or his daddy made. Exactly. You know, it's a thing called nepotism. Uh, Ice Cube's son played him in a movie straight out of Compton. Now, how much sense would it make 
for Ice Cube's son to say, well, you know, Dad, I don't want to play you even though I know I could do it. And, you know, it would be a slam dunk. Uh, I think I just want to go blaze my own path, you know, in the movie industry and still do it. But I don't want to I don't want to I don't want people looking at me a certain Man, you think the Rockefellers give a damn about what y'all think about nepotism and and mm-hmm. their children having it easier? You think the 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 Rock the uh, what do you call them the Rothschilds and 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 even the Trumps? Uh, they don't give a damn about all that stuff they y'all don't. talking about. Ooh, I don't want to have a handout and all that stuff, man. Yeah. Them people, them people understand that I put the work in. Uh, my daddy put the work in. My mama put the work in so that. I don't have to do as much, mm-hmm. so so that I could have I could actually have a running start, you know, exactly. instead of starting that square A like they started. That don't make no damn sense to me. That it fact, don't make no it's, sense. It's stupid, and it's that's stupid. why a lot of youngsters make so many damn mistakes. Exactly because they won't they they won't take advice. They won't seek advice. Let me tell you something, bro. I. I got a shotgun, and I love that shotgun. Me and him, we very close. <laughs> if in, and I got I got an AR too, right? If in the middle of the night somebody tried to come into my house, the shotgun is my first preference, and I got handguns, but the shotgun is what I would grab first because I don't have to adjust. My eyes. Mm-hmm. All I got to do is just squeeze that trick. I'm going to hit something. Something, yeah. You know what I'm saying? With the AR, I got to be a little bit more accurate. You know what I'm saying? With the handgun, you know, I got 15 shots. Man, that shotgun going to hit your ass in the nose, in the ankle, you know, and your pinky finger. Something going to get hit. Your ass going mm-hmm. to throw you off yeah, some kind of way. Spray, yeah. yeah, man. And them buckshot spray. That saw. shotgun, if something coming through that door right there, all you got to do is aim at that door. You're going to hit something. Whatever's mm-hmm. standing in that door, you're going to hit it. Mm-hmm. So why would I grab a 9 millimeter or a twenty two, a Derringer? Exactly. Or a damn... A damn baseball bat, a stick. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I got a damn shotgun. With that shotgun, exactly. And somebody trying to come through that door. Mm-hmm. I'm grabbing the shotgun, bro, because I want to win every time. I'm not trying to make mistakes. Exactly, exactly. And it seems like some people, they just hard-headed, man. They just got to make the mistake. Mm-hmm. But I also do believe that a lot of times people make mistakes that, what do they say, pride comes before the fall. Mm-hmm. I did it myself. I used to mm-hmm. make mistakes like that when I was younger. Uh, I didn't have a, a daddy to to go to and consult or whatever. But there were certain dudes around me, man, that had more than what I had, and they already did what I was trying to do. And I didn't go to them, you know. I just want, you know, as a man, I'm stubborn, and I want. I made the money. I'm gonna do it on my own. And mm-hmm. Just made mistake after mistake after mistake that I did not have to make. Yeah. And so I would. I would implore these youngsters out here to learn from the mistakes of others. You know, like, you know, like they say, you know, uh, a, wise, a smart man learns from his mistakes. A wise man learns from the mistakes of others. That's true. So why the hell am I going to go around that corner if somebody just came from around the corner, just got shot up? That's right. And he bleeding profusely. I don't need to go around there to He's see what happened. He's staggering. I don't need to go he around He coming around like... <laughs> I don't even go around that. 
I just got stabbed. This dude is stabbing everybody around the corner. Why the hell would I go around that exactly. corner? Exactly. It don't Unless make no I sense. I want to get stabbed. Mm-hmm. It don't make no sense. Yeah. I think I think my son and a lot of these young men are having problems because you got like you said, your daddy you ain't had a dad in your life. You got a lot of these rappers and guys that don't have that. But that's not in every household. You see what I'm saying? So when you got that daddy there and you got ten friends that their daddy ain't like all their friends, they love me. You know what I'm saying? They raised their kids, Mr. Joe. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's what they call Mr. Joe, you know this, I learned this and that. But then they be thinking, oh, it's a it's a pushback. You know what I'm saying? Like I just showed him a couple of months ago. I had to show him the little guy, like my adopted son. Like he do my front office paperwork. I said, look, man, this man made $39,000 in six months writing his own check and his own schedule. But then you driving for Pizza Hut, bro. You know what I'm saying? Then if something happened to me, you my only son. You need to know the business to carry it on. You know what I'm saying? But they just be thinking. But see, like he's starting to come around. Like he's starting to see, like, you know what? My daddy and my enemy, like, you know what I'm saying? Let me get with him. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't going to lie, growing up, for me, I got to take my leg. I ain't had no handouts. I ain't had no help. The older guys, they showed me stuff. But when I got to my teenage years, all these older guys was dying off. The old men had them died off. The generation was supposed to teach us. Like, I came in 67. So the, 50, the ones came in 57, they was, you know, a lot of them was growing the drugs and stuff. So they wasn't really teaching us. So I had to really get mine out of the sewer pipe. I had to really get it. And having money young, being raised the way I was, I ain't used to know how to tell people no. If you can't ask me for something, I had it. Yeah, man, boom. And why'd you do that? Because my mama raised me like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, say, like, this how I was in my household. Say, me and you friends. Like, you one of my best friends. So, say we go to the ballpark. We kids. We shooting ball. We say, okay, we're going to play the, the best out of five. You know, you win. So I'm mad with you, but we friends. So we might go home because our house was so big. I go, because I'm mad with Will, I go sneak in the pot and I duck off and go eat. If my mama came in now and she seen Will sitting now and she said, boy, you want some meat? If you said yeah, I had an ass whooping for that. You know what I'm saying? Because she always taught me to share. Look out for your family. Look out for your people. So I was raised like that. You know what I'm saying? But I grew up, and it took me a while to figure how to separate it. I didn't know how to separate it. Believe it or not, I didn't learn how to say no until I went to prison in 98. That's when I learned how to say no. Because if I had it, man, I ain't care. So was there a particular incident that made you shut that down? Um, Yeah, because going to prison was something I ain't never wanted to do. I ain't never wanted to go to the no, jail. I'm talking about like was well, that a particular incident inside, while you were inside? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a particular incident. I was fortunately young. I had time to start thinking and figuring out that you have to know when to turn some things off. So that time that I had by me being away from all it, because you can actually not I'm in jail. So I'm saying. So that's when I figure out how things had to start. Man, that's when I learned. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Here's a burning question I have for you. Your name is Ivory Joe Payne. You have this record label called Mobile Records, and you got these artists with all of these gangster names like, you know, uh, Doghouse Posse, Lower Level uh, Organization. Uh, organization. You got Rulers Juveniles. Why didn't you just Death. name the label Pain Records? I mean, well, it was right there in line with the gangsters. <laughs> the gangsters thing, you know? Well, the name was right there. First of all, I didn't like Ivory growing up. It was soft to me. I ain't, you couldn't really call me that unless you grew up my neighborhood. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I ain't yeah, like that sound itself. Yeah, I used to call my mom your name in that. But I love, now. Now. I love it now. I love it now. Yeah, right. yeah, I love it now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because the women love it, and I, I, and I know the meaning unique. Is, is unique. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I know what you're doing. Yeah. Well, the name Mobo came from one of my childhood friends. He named me Mobo. And it, like, back then, when I was around the seventh grade, it was called me Joe because my name Ivory Joe Payne. So this always called me Joe. Mm. So at this time, when I was around the seventh, eighth grade, like people say, Wody, back then, everybody say, what's up, Bo? What's going on, Bo? Right? So like I say, I was so young, but I always hung with the older guys. So I always was moving around. So if I was 16, I hung with guys 20, 25. So one day, I was, they, they was looking for me, the guys my age, and they was like, man, Joe, was seen with this one, seen with that one. Long story short, he said the next day we're going to make up nicknames. I got your name. I said, what's mine? He said, Mobo Joe. I said, man, what are you talking about? He said, well, we're going to take the Mo and rhyme it with Bo because that's what everybody say, and we're going to just tag mm -hmm. the Joe on it. I said, what does it mean? Back then, Bell saw mobility slogan was on the go, right? He said, stand for on the go because you always going. So then... I adopted it. So that's why everybody's to call me Mobile Joe. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was smooth. I mean, the name's smooth. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Mobile but, Joe, that's smooth. That's smooth, you know? But the that, sick names, uh, the groups and all that, it just was like, I come up, man. I listen to all hard music, bro. Like, I'm talking about I listen to all the hard stuff, the the Willie D's, the Ice Cube, the Easy E. So when them young guys, you know, at this time, they're 15, 16, when they came in my world, now, Low Level Organization, that was the name me and Notorious A came up with, but that meant being from a lower level, being deprived of what we're supposed to get as a black race. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Being in poverty. That's what Low Level Organization meant. You know what I'm saying? To uh, Because, like I say, when I left from Harvey and went to Desire Project, I didn't know a little bit for my sister starting to get welfare and food stamps, but we didn't have that for my dad. You know what I'm saying? So that's what that name come from. But when the guys came, I was living a rootless life. So these young guys, they right there, and that's when we started. You know, but the rootless name came from the crooked NOPD. They there's some dirty stuff to Rootless Juvenile, and it was like, what you um, Rootless Juvenile's doing? That's what one of the police called them. They came back and told to me when we was just, we ain't had a name for the group. Mm. So when he said that, whoosh, let me have that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it just went like that. Cool, cool, cool. Mm -hmm. What's the podcast going to be about, though? Like, what are you going to be talking about in the podcast? 
on uh, Lacamo. Lacamo podcast. I'm gonna talk about like I just did a Lacamo drop, right? Good. I I just did a Lacamo show. It's online right now, and it's called the most what valuable job on the planet, being a parent, right? And on that Lacamo, I'm breaking down how important it is for. Us as parents, especially you younger parents with them cell phones, right? Because you're giving these kids these phones and you're not monitoring them. You're letting the phone parent them. So I had a situation a few years ago. Me and my adopted son, we was in, we was down there in Wildwood, Florida, right? And I was telling them on our way back, his son, like, nine years old, and he had a phone. And, you know, we just rule his juvenile, you know, kids and all that. But the music he was listening to, I'm like, man, you know, this music is getting real to these kids. We ain't had phones, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, they had. So I'm like, you shouldn't, he shouldn't have a phone because he was trying to tell me that he was trying to tell his wife not to have a phone, right? All right, I'm going to speed it up. So I'm telling him that. We gets back. I'm like, before we got back, I'm like, you got to talk to your wife about this boy with this phone. I guess home, Will, he called me about 9 o'clock that night. He said, Pop, he said, you going to be up for a minute? I go to sleep early. I said, yeah, what's going on? He said, I'm going to call you back. I'm hoping him and his wife ain't got into it. So he tells me that, man, you write about these phones. His seven-year-old daughter had a cell phone. His wife goes back in the phone to six months, three months. In the phone, this seven-year-old girl had been watching little boys have sex with little boys. Little girls on the phone. This real, well, that this little girl unseen. Once you see something, you can't take it away. Seven years old. See what I'm saying? So then I got a friend of mine. He truck. He had a mobile Alabama. And then Chris, when we had this truck show, his little boy had a phone too. I called him. No, I texted him. I said, when you hit me, when you get some free time, I need to talk to you. He calls me. I said, man, what's going on? I said, man, look, I need to talk to you about this incident with the phone. When I talked to him, his daughter, 13, got a phone. Know what she been doing? She been going back and forth with a little girl on sex stuff at 13 years old. See what I'm saying? So I talked about stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? I talked about the food we eat. All this food that they, you know, you got to be very careful what you put in your body. You know, people are like, man, how you look so young, look so good. I don't eat like that. Then from the, I eat my last meal, December 31st, I ate that last meal no later than 7 o'clock. I don't eat no more to January 22nd. I've been doing that since like 2015. I fast. You mean you don't eat after 7 o'clock? No, I don't eat for 21 days. What you mean you don't eat for 21 days? I just drink water. What, what, what do you mean you just drink water? What you talking about? I fast. 21 days? 21 days. What, every every month? I do it uh-huh. once a year. You do once once a year from what, what day? From the first of the year, I don't eat to the, 20, to, to the 22nd of January. I just drink water. Every and year after you about do that. Since 2015. For 21 days, you 21 don't eat anything. You no. just drink water. You don't drink any juices? No. No juices? Well, I drank straight. I drank just a little sip, 100% apple juice. It can't be from 
other juices. It got to be 100% apple juice because after about seven days, eight days, your mouth will get, you know, real, real dry. You know what I'm saying? And you got to get you some sugar-free holes because your, your, your mouth going to get dry and stuff like that. But doing this, it cleans your body out. You know what I'm saying? Just like you said earlier about your car got an exhaust pipe. You flush your car ready and you flush your car out. You don't flush your system. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times, your cells reproduce. So if you got canceled, you know, by these fasts, it breaks this out. Man, man, how in the hell do you not eat and not fall out? Well, you... You was a boxer, well, now you. Yeah, you but I fact, ain't never went twenty one days. Twenty one days, eating, man. A matter of fact, Jeez. I just I, he he wind up doing it twice. two twice. Hold on a second, and I just got my ex girlfriend. She did it this year with me, and my nephew did it. How do you get through it when? Will it? You first, have so much. Twenty four hours. No, it's the first seventy two. It's your hardest. It's the first seventy two. The first walking around weird, three days. Like the first seventy-two like fall out. No, well, I'm talking about the first seventy-two. You don't want to go around food. You don't want to go in the kitchen. After that, you're not gonna have no more craving. See, you got parasites that lives in you by this bad food. They they really addicted to the sugar. So that's why, I like a kid or even you, you might go somewhere and you might see something that you like a honey bun. Two reasons why. You want that honey bun because it registered with the parasites that lives in you. Plus, you had a relationship with that honey bun. You know how it tastes. You know what I'm saying? Some people might pull a little piece. So that relationship, and then you go to thinking about the parasite. Yeah, I need that. You see what I'm saying? That's how it works. So you get the parasite. You get to flush your system just like you flush your car. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's not hard. After the 21 days... I mean, after the, the um, three days, the 72 hours, you're not going to be hungry no more. With the other three days, maybe the fifth, sixth, seventh day, you're going to start using the bathroom. Like, you're going to... I drive my truck and all when I'm doing this. Man, this is what I'm trying to get to. <laughs> Bro, <coughs> I have... The closest I've come to fasting is, is uh, when I was doing the vegan thing. Well, I juiced. I've juiced for like eh, 72 hours and then I've uh, then I've juiced for a week and then I've like for two weeks I was a vegan for two weeks bro after those two weeks man when I was walking around Bro, I was, I was by, I felt, I felt like I was gonna faint, man. No, and you man. know, I'm, I'm a ghetto buck, so fainting ain't gang gangster. I no, cannot no, faint, no, man. No, no. I cannot do that. Man, I can work out, I can drive my truck, I can run, I can do everything I wanna do. Like, the food takes your energy. It takes your energy, man. You know what I'm saying? I tell you this here, I'm gonna tell you where I got it from. If anybody wanna know, go online and, um, man, I lose this thought. No, the Bahamas. Um, man, what's his name? Man, Doctor Miles Monroe. That's where I got it from. From okay. the Bahamas. Rest in peace. He died. He teached the whole thing on his program. They killed him like they did, Satan. 
Dr. Miles Monroe. I done been to his ministry. I, I used to be into all that. You know what I'm saying? They died they killed him like they, they did Dr. Man, you know they yeah. did. You know they shot. Yeah. Him and his wife and the young Paula was on the plane. And boom, he went down. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? He went down in 2015 because that's the year I went to the ministry. But he had taught me to fast because how I got on it, they had just put me on a blood pressure pill. And I don't believe in pill. I don't take aspirins or none of that. And that when I start figuring out, man, nah, something ain't right. You know what I'm saying? So then I start learning about fasting and stuff like that. You know what I'm That's saying? That's good, man. You got me out. thinking. You got me seriously thinking about it. I tell you what. I'm gonna need beginning I'm gonna need at, you at the end of the year virtually. At the end of the year, I'll give you a shout. I guarantee you do it. Yeah, we can do it together. I got people doing women now. All right, all right. You know what I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot, man. I don't. I don't mind changing bad behavior. Mm -hmm. I don't mind, man. When it's time for you to go and you ain't got no more, how do you want to be remembered? Um. I just want to be remembered from, you know, being a real good person. You know what I'm saying? You know, a lot of people say I got a a big heart. And I be want to recognize from having a big heart. You know what I'm saying? You know, I just want to be recognized like, you know, like my mama. She went as a legend. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, you know, loved my mama. And I just want to be loved. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, I really want to be known for the love I got for my people. I don't love nothing on this planet more than the love I have for us as a race because I know we were set up. I know yeah. that. Don't get no realer than that. Ladies and gentlemen, Mobo Joe. On the real. No more talk. This episode was produced by A-King and brought to you by The Black Effect Podcast Network and, and iHeartRadio. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast 
on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.